Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows. And on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, this is part two of my predictions for AEW Fighter Fest that will be live, free on the TNT network. So here is a quick summary of what happened in part one. Part one, I ran down the matches, gave my predictions, and even the story behind the matches and why they are happening. I'm going to be doing the same thing for night two, and let's get right into it. Our first match will be Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. I do not know why this match is happening. I understand that Lance Archer has his mantra of everybody dies. He is a force to be reckoned with. He is a monster inside AEW and also within any wrestling company that he goes to. He decided to pick a fight with Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss, attacking Sonny Kiss, attacking Joey Janela. Therefore, we have this match signed for night two of AEW Fighter Fest. I personally feel that, that Lance Archer has lost his way in AEW ever since getting his first loss against Cody Rhodes during the TNT Championship Tournament. It is definitely not his fault. That's just how the cards fell. However, I think what they could have used to push Lance Archer as the always a monster looking for a fight is to still go after Cody Rhodes, but indirectly. If Lance Archer, the character himself, cannot do the psychological warfare as best as Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts could definitely do the psychological warfare to Cody Rhodes to get under his skin, to have Lance Archer live free within Cody Rhodes' mind. So that way, Cody Rhodes can definitely act out of character certain times, get frustrated in certain times, and eventually have Lance Archer go after Cody Rhodes again for the TNC championship title or whatever the case may be or however they want to play it out. I just think that now Lance is floating around. Creative doesn't really have much for him. And the whole mantra of everybody dies really can't keep going to the best of his ability because we need more story. I need more story whenever he wrestles certain people. And it's not just, let me just put him in squash matches and stuff like that. There needs to be substantial storytelling to Lance Archer to have him be the reason why you want to watch the reason why you want to say, yeah, everybody dies in AW. Nobody can take on Lance Archer. They could have set up Lance Archer versus Brian cage, but that didn't happen. I just need Lance Archer to get some, direction back and actually be a prominent figure within AEW because as soon as he came in he was a force to be reckoned with the first opening program that he worked with was with Cody Rhodes because of Jake Roberts I need more of that I need to know and believe that AEW believes in Lance Archer for why they pushed him so early to fight Cody Rhodes as far as my prediction for this match, it will be Lance Archer going over Joey Janela. After that match, we're going to get an announcement from Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose is our former AEW Women's Champion. I wonder what kind of announcements or if she'll be in action on night two of, of AEW Firefest. 
Our next match is a tag team match. Mr. Brody Lee of the Dark Order teams up with Colt Cabana, the prospect that Mr. Brody Lee wants to get into the Dark Order versus SCU. Kokabana is a fan favorite. He is an unorthodox wrestler and he is a veteran throughout his wrestling career. Mr. Brody Lee is the leader of the Dark Order. He saves people who want to stop being losers. Kokabana was on a losing streak. He even put over Sammy Guevara and Mr. Brody Lee took notice saying that Kokabana could come join the winning side, always be a winner. And this is a very interesting development to have a bubbly, cheery guy join the Dark Order, do a complete 180 in character, and to see how winning feels. If you guys saw on AEW Dynamite, I believe, Mr. Brody Lee gave Cocabana the chance to get the pin over their opponents in their tag team match which I thought it was a very interesting tactic. And you can tell that Colcabana really enjoyed getting the victory. So maybe Colcabana joins the Dark Order, even though that's the most far-fetched idea. But as far as I know, I don't think Colcabana has ever been a heel per se. And this would definitely be interesting. Now, my pick for this tag team match... is that Mr. Brody Lee and Cocabana will go over victorious over SCU. The only reason why I would want Mr. Brody Lee and Cocabana to win is because it is a very interesting story that has been developing over the past couple of weeks. Our next match for night two is Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Chris Jericho is amazing. I love the fact that he's working with all the young talent, putting them over, guiding them wherever they need guidance, and just being an all-round helper in AEW. There's a lot of people out there that don't understand Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is a very laid-back wrestler with his hands in his pockets, still delivering fantastic matches, and Chris Jericho is here to wrestle him. As far as my prediction goes for this match... It will be very interesting if Orange Cassidy does pick up a victory over Chris Jericho. That would be a huge victory to get over on the veteran of the professional wrestling world. However, it's probably not going to work that way. So Chris Jericho is definitely my pick to go over in this match against Orange Cassidy. I did say in part one of the AEW predictions for Fighter Fest that the inner circle needs to gain some more victories under their belt. They're sort of a little broken and floating around here and there, but they're still great entertainers and they're still great wrestlers putting over everyone else. Now we come to the biggest tag team match on the card for night two. It is FTR. And the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros and the Blade and the Butcher. In part one of my prediction episode podcast for this live free pay-per-view on TNT, I mentioned that the story between FTR and the Young Bucks needs to be 
more fleshed out, meaning that there needs to be a reason why fans will call this the dream match because I do not see FTR versus the Young Bucks as a dream match when it's only been one-sided buildup. And that buildup was started by Cody Rhodes by just saying, fuck the revival on the BTE bits during their Ring of Honor stay. FTR could not respond to the Young Bucks in any way possible due to the fact that they were under contract with WWE. WWE does not want you to have fun with other wrestlers from other companies just to build up a match that could happen in the near future. So I do not know why FTR versus the Young Bucks is a dream match that people want to see. This eight-man tag match should be the start of the chase to where we get FTR versus the Young Bucks down the line. In this match, FTR and the Young Bucks are going to be my pick for them to go over the Lucha Bros and the Blade and the Butcher. Because once that victory happens, they can continue their feud and they can write this story better. So that way it could be two-sided and not one-sided. And so that way FTR can really, truly be the top guys of the company. Because they're really good wrestlers. They, I enjoy watching them and enjoying their matches, and they're going to be the top guys. And it starts at Fighter Fest with them and the Young Bucks picking up the victory to start their storyline. Which basically in part one, I just mentioned that FTR should end up getting these tag team titles, sweep it out from under everybody, and then there goes the chase. The Young Bucks have to chase them because it wouldn't be right for two guys to come in AEW, have a really early career, bam, get the titles. While the Young Bucks, being the VP of AEW, building AEW up from the ground, have yet to hold the tag team gold. That would definitely mess with their psyche. It really would. And I think that they should use being the elite to their advantage to do more storytelling long-term. So that way, when we finally get FTR versus the Young Bucks, it makes sense for why we need this dream match. Currently, we don't need this dream match. Currently, we need Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega to retain the AEW Tag Team titles during night one against Best Friends. And then eventually face off against FTR, drop it to FTR, and then FTR versus the Young Bucks. Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega could definitely take a backseat, relax for a little bit, and let the stage be set for FTR versus the Young Bucks. That, that's all I want. So like I said, FTR and the Young Bucks will be going over the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade. Now we come to the AEW World Title Match. Unfortunately, they might have to switch this up. This may not be on the card due to news breaking out that WWE performers, staff members, and anyone else in attendance during the WWE tapings have come in contact with COVID-19. One of them being Renee Young. It fucking sucks. 
she's home resting. Moxley is by her side. So eventually Moxley might end up getting COVID as well and also being sick in the process. However, because this is a prediction podcast episode, in a perfect world where we're one big wrestling family and we're not in a pandemic anymore, in a perfect world, we will have John Moxley, our upstanding and outstanding AEW world champion versus Brian Cage. You give Moxley a mic, he's good with it. You give him an opponent, he's even better to tell different stories with different wrestling styles based on his opponents. He makes the matches worth it. The matches do feel big time fight-like, and that's what I enjoy about John Moxley. Brian Cage is an unorthodox wrestler. He moves like a cruiserweight despite all the muscle on him. And Taz being by his side is excellent. Taz is so underrated, and I enjoy listening to Taz as he breaks down matches, breaks down moves, and really amps up the story of why you should be afraid of Brian Cage and why Brian Cage is such a monster and why he's such a machine and the things that he can do and everything like that. Taz paints an awesome picture and he does not get enough credit for what he does. So if this match is still going to go forward with some miracle, my pick will be John Moxley going over because I don't think that they're going to give Brian Cage the belt so early on. And Moxley still has more stories to develop with all these guys. So my pick will be John Moxley. All right, guys, that wraps up night two and part two of the AEW predictions for Fighter Fest that will be airing on the TNT Network July 1st and July 8th. If you guys have any comments, questions, opinions, you guys can definitely leave a voice message over on anchor.fm forward slash squared circle podcast or sign up to my email blog via Substack, the minimalistic newsletter that you can create anything with for your fans over at squaredcirclepodcast.substack.com. There will also be this podcast on there as well. So you can listen to it there or anchor and still leave your comments no matter what. You guys can definitely follow me on social media at Marie underscore shadows or at Square Circle Podcast. I love interacting with all of my fans. I really want to thank you guys for supporting this podcast, for sharing, retweeting, and just conversating with me about professional wrestling. Again, guys. Thank you so much for all your support, and I hope to see you guys in the next one.